0: hello and welcome to another episode of the gargoyle podcast i'm nathan aka the gargoyle and with me once again is adam say hello adam
1: greetings and salutations lovely lovely people who i can't see (laughs) you
0: know it's probably a good thing that you can't see them because that means they could see you
1: yeah and my harry potter onesie (laughs) is not exactly for the viewing public at the moment And yes, I am actually wearing a Harry Potter onesie, and there's a reason for that.
0: Uh, There is a reason for that, and that reason is we are nerds and proud (laughs) of it. Yes. The other reason is uh, we just finished watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, Yes. or the Philosopher's Stone for you Brits out there. Is (sighs) that offensive for calling them Brits? I
1: hope I didn't just do a racial slur. I I apologize. I don't
0: think so. I I don't know. Hmm. Uh, But, yeah, so we just finished watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and about a month and a half ago, was it even that long? Has it been? Oh, gosh. When was was it? Let's see. It is not December. No. It was about four weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So a little less than a month ago, uh, we went to Conjuration, and that was our fourth year, and we loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And our podcast was a lot longer than <laughs> yes. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because we started nerding out about mm. Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and so then I was like, hey, "Let's do a Harry Potter podcast." Yes, along with all of the other movie reviews and crap that I do. Of course, of course.
1: And I, I I've only been—I guess this is my this is my third podcast with you. So, so I'm kind of the uh, the random Harry Potter guy who just gets inserted <laughs> wherever necessary. <laughs> But yeah, we were talking on the after the podcast, and we were just thinking, you know, it would be really great to actually continue a conversation that doesn't happen once a year after a, a Harry Potter convention. So, that's kind of how
0: this was born, I think. Indeed. And um, Jess and I, for the last, well, three or four years, um, four years? Yeah. We've watched Harry Potter around Christmas, like the entire series. Um, every Christmas break, we watch Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and... Star Wars-ish, that one's Mm. not as consistent, but it usually gets thrown into the mix. Um, And yeah, so like Harry Potter's always been Christmas movies for me because, Mm. well, I just watch all of them around Christmas. Mm. Uh, And so we're like, well, we're going to start doing that soon anyways. So we just went ahead and combined the two. Now, you and I aren't going to get all of these recorded in the next month. That's true. Because we we don't have time to watch all of these together and get them recorded uh, so this will probably be several months worth of like watching one a month and recording but hey that might take us up like right next to conjuration
1: that's true very true and uh, I'm working through the book series right now so my hope is that I can have finished the book series by the time we get through with these podcasts and have a little more insight for you know what the movies left out and maybe try to figure out why some of the differences
0: now you've read all the movies or read all the movies <clears throat> yes. I'm tired. You've read all the books before, right? I have watched all the books before the old own movies. And, uh,
1: I've, I've watched all the books. Yes. I haven't read them. i just watched yes. them. Watch them on the <laughs> shelf. Uh, yes, I have. And I'm actually doing a second read-through. The reason why I started that was because The the Cursed Child came out. Right. And um, it had been probably two or three years since I'd read all the books, and I thought this was a good time to try to revisit them, reread them, and then be fresh on the content to go through The Cursed Child, which most people had said, you know, don't consider it canon. Just consider it this like off stepchild who kind of everybody feels sorry for, but nobody really loves. So, you know, much like Harry himself. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so the orphan <laughs> book that is going to just kind of sit there, but I, I mean, you know, I'm sure it would be better in stage form, but I, I'm not going to be in London or New York anytime soon. So hence we're going to read the book. Hopefully. Right. That's
0: uh, now I am ashamed to say that I've not actually read the books before. Mm. And part of that's because I didn't catch them when they first came out. Yeah. So I started with the movies, and I keep wanting to go back and read them. Mm -hmm. I have, I think, the first three or four. I'm going to eventually read them. And my plan is to also read them as we're going through and to try to tie in some of the... Well, the book was kind of like this, Mm -hmm. and here's what they did in the movie... Uh, so hopefully we'll have some of those conversations. Um, How far have you actually gotten in the book series? <clears throat> I've read the first one. Okay,
1: so well, at least <laughs> so you're on par at least for this one.
0: So that's good. I, I am keeping up with the podcast. Yes. So yes,
1: yes. The, this book um, and mo- well, this movie was very faithful to the book series. Obviously, there's a lot they left out. You know, like they don't. You hear a lot in the first couple chapters about the Dursleys um, and Vernon and and. You know, J.K. Rowling does do a little bit of fat shaming in all of the family, you know, calling him little piggies and talking about, you know, his fat face, how purple he got and everything. Um, the thing that I was a little sad about is they don't mention anything about Vernon's career, what he does. You know, He works at a factory that makes drill bits, so the most ordinary and boring job you can possibly <laughs> yeah. have as a, as a person. And so you, you do miss a little bit of that, but because it's a shorter book, they were able to capture most of the moments. I feel like this was a very faithful representation. Sure, there's subtleties we missed, but I don't feel like I left anything out of this. Unlike some of the later books, where I I very much question why some of the choices and scenes were done.
0: But. Well, uh, so two things. Two things. Okay. I'll start with the second thing, then go back to the first thing. So, in terms of like leaving stuff out of movies, mm-hmm. or leaving yeah leaving stuff out of movies or changing them a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that was just kind of the natural progression of where it went from what they had to leave out of the first one. Mm-hmm. Because watching the movie in my opinion, shouldn't be the same experience as reading the book.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't think things should change too much. And later movies, there might be some of the, okay, well, that did stray too far. But Mm -hmm. um, I feel like when you read a book, that is a much more prolonged experience. Like most people don't sit down and read the book in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And so like there needs to be a lot of that description and really giving you those characters Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of carry them with you from uh, from each chapter when you read. With a movie, you sit down and you watch it for two hours, Mm -hmm. and then you're done. Yeah. So I think that a lot of the things that were really fleshed out in the book, which make it a much more robust story, Mm -hmm. you're just not going to have in the movie. And I don't think that it should be the same experience.
1: Yeah. I I think – I mean, I I have mixed feelings about it. I do agree with you. You can't – you just can't capture a a book into a movie unless the book is really short and, you know, you just – but, you know, movies can be shorter than books anyway, even if it's a short book, because you're not describing, you're showing. So, you know, in, in Tolkien's world, if you were, or Tolkien, I don't know how you technically want to pronounce it, but, you know, obviously he he can spend three paragraphs explaining how the water goes down the mountain. Well, you can show that in three seconds. Yeah. So, you know, so there's certain, certain things like that, but there are, and I guess, like I said, for this one, it's not such a big deal, but when we get to book four, which was my favorite to read, um, there's a pretty big spin that Har- Hermione does. And a personal activist goal that she takes on, which I which I will talk about when we get there. But that is a pretty big theme in book four, five, and six, possibly seven, too, that is just entirely left out. And I feel like that explains
0: a lot of Hermione's character. So, you but, know... And we're not there yet, but do you think that it was left out because there wasn't enough build-up to it with her character in the movies to that point?
1: Yeah, I think that they took the approach that... Um, that peter jackson took with the hobbit or with lord of the rings in that they had to do away with things that didn't pertain to the main theme of the thing which is harry and Voldemort. right so yeah so i do think that that like i understand that it was there but at the same point it personally hurts me to see it gone <laughs> because there's so much there
0: understandably so and these are just side points before i get back yeah. to the other <laughs> yes, point I, that know, I was gonna I know, make yes uh And for the longest time, I had the viewpoint of if you're going to make a movie based on a book, Mm -hmm. like, it needs to be as true to the book as possible. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then why bother making that movie? Why not just make something else? Uh I used to have that view until I watched uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo... Um, miniseries, like I watched the the original Norwegian, Scandinavian Mm -hmm. okay, Norwegian, I think I can't remember right now Mm -hmm. Uh, so like it was originally a miniseries but Mm -hmm. the trilogy of movies, that's like two and a half hours each Mm -hmm. so it's like a seven or eight hour experience Mm -hmm. there is so much crammed into those movies that I'm just like, that it's too much, I got bored and Mm -hmm. I shouldn't get bored with that story Uh in movie form
1: a lot of people say the same about The Shining when Stephen King came back and did a miniseries on that, it was six well, to eight hours.
0: I have other issues with Stephen <laughs> sure. King. Sure. That, that is a completely separate podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the, uh, the David Fincher girl with the dragon tattoo, like, it took it and was like, all right, we don't need this. We don't need this. This is important, but, ah, we really don't need it. Let's trim it down. Two hours. Here you go. This is an enjoyable movie experience. Mm-hmm. And with that, it was like, yeah, they changed a lot. And... If you want to watch David Fincher's movie to get the same experience as the book, you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that might have been part of what was happening. Which brings me back to the other point Uh of uh, the Dursleys. Like the first, what, four chapters almost? Mm -hmm. Like it is a long time talking about the Dursleys. Yeah, it's at least two full chapters. Yeah, because it's not just just the dad going to his drill job. Mm -mm. But then when he gets back and all the letters start coming in, like Mm -hmm. there's close to a chapter of them just running away from the letters. Yes, yeah. And then there's
1: there's a good brief description about him seeing people dressed in wizard robes and and what that was done and, and all the people like celebrating. And so there's just all of these like things going on before you ever get to the idea of what's going on.
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I like it. But having read the book after watching the movie, like when I was reading it, mm-hmm. I knew, oh, here's all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's just setting things up. Yeah. If I had read it for the first time and didn't really know, Mm -hmm. then it'd be like, all right, why are you spending so much time talking about these characters that you're going to see, what, like four more times throughout the entire series? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Love J.K. Rowling. Love the books. Book that I've read and the movies. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that that is certainly a a thing. Yes. Yeah, it is. It
1: is. And, And like I said, you can't. Although oddly enough, and this is this is another side point, so I, I know we're
0: we're kind of just diverging <laughs> I, I'm here. I'm pretty sure this entire episode yeah, is just going to be side yeah, points. side points.
1: You know, to, going back to your point about movies and you know, like two hour movie and it being a thing. For whatever reason, people don't seem to complain about prolonged television series that do the same thing as movies. You know what I mean? Like like Game of Thrones or or something that's like a long expanded journey that several hour long increments that might lead to one long narrative of 15 hours, but people are okay with the slow character development. They're okay with the slow things happening,
0: but you're saying it's not the same with a movie. Well, it depends. Mm -hmm. So like game of Thrones, I think can work first off because there's already so much uh, content, Mm -hmm. but it also isn't just telling one story. Like there might be one overarching story, mm-hmm. but there's all of these other side pieces. Yeah, I mean, think of like uh, like with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the overarching story sure. of just you know the dark side versus the light mm-hmm. side. Yeah, but all of those other things in between. Like if you watched four hours of, um, if the entire first movie was Luke on Tatooine, mm-hmm. and it was only the last like twenty minutes that he left, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh my god, this is boring. I don't care about blue milk
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> moisture in farming. that setting. I yes. <laughs> don't care
0: about moisture farming in that <laughs> setting. So I think that it depends on what's trying to happen. Um, so like horror TV shows don't work for me mm-hmm. because you can't keep that suspense. Yeah, Like to me, the only way that a horror show works is if it's a um, – if it's an anthology or like uh, goosebumps or mm-hmm. tales from the crypt yeah. where each episode is its own story. Yeah. You yeah. can't keep Sure. So I think it depends on what kind of story mm-hmm. in terms of being able to be prolonged. Yeah.
1: Well, and I I guess so going back to then to the other point of I I don't know. I guess to me, especially in the later books, I feel like there is enough content that you could have really kept interest now you had another battle with making a movie that's you know five hours long that maybe you um that isn't really talked about is the fact that the kids grow so um you know and yeah. there's already a dramatic difference between was it movies three and four or <laughs> movies four and five where it's like they've all clearly aged a lot like they look old so there, there's reasons why they couldn't do it but i do feel like that it does depend on the history i feel like fantasy. Lends itself to just being a lot bigger because there's so much more. There's so many unexpected things, and I think that, I guess this would be considered fantasy. It's not sci-fi. So oh yeah, it is absolutely yeah. fantasy. But there is definitely I, a lot you could do, and a lot of the characters that show a tiny bit, they actually have much bigger roles in the books, and they serve they serve a lot of purposes. And so what ends up happening is you have to make one character do something else that doesn't happen in the book that kind of changes who the character is. Yeah. And this this happens with Cho Chang in book five, and we'll obviously go to that when book five happens. But <laughs> right, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Now, I do think that if there had been a Harry Potter TV series, mm-hmm. I think that could have gone on for 10, 12, 20 seasons, however long, mm-hmm. because there are so many things that there could have been uh, time spent mm-hmm. on this story and this story sure. and this story. Mm-hmm. But also think about the fact that a lot of the people who watch the movies – hadn't read the books. Yeah. and Myself included. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like they had to make the movies for someone who would appreciate the movies if they've never read the book. Sure. And that's a really difficult balance trying to appease the diehard mm-hmm. fans who grew up on the books. Like, Oh, it's finally going to be in film form mm-hmm. as well as, Oh, you've never read the books here. Come watch this two hour movie and be enjoyed. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like you already mentioned Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a ton of stuff cut out. And I know a lot of diehard uh, Tolkien fans that are like, no, the movies are terrible because Mm. of all of these reasons. Uh But I kind of love them. And I hate the Hobbit movies because it took what should have been (laughs) one movie and expanded it out into three. Uh But uh, I hate the Hobbit for other reasons. I don't hate it. I like
1: the Hobbit for what it is. And I, well, that's not this podcast, we'll move on, <laughs> moving on. I could get
0: on a tangent about that, but yes. We, we should just do like a fantasy series, was, like the next four years, just complaining about movies. Maybe after Harry
1: Potter, maybe we can move on to The Hobbit and then Lord of the Rings, go on another year long journey of whatever. I like it. I yeah. like it. I like the was this
0: good one. Yeah. We'll, mm, we'll do it. We'll do excellent. it. Excellent. Okay. Anyway. So I have a question. Yes. When we were watching it, you said, I think that they made the right decision in putting Harry with the Dursleys. Yes. Yes explain because i disagree
1: okay yes so i'm gonna sound kind of cold-hearted i guess because i see what the dursleys did but um and this is this is me knowing the series and knowing where they are now and seeing the foreshadowing and seeing how james's personality james potter his dad plays into harry later on seeing james at 15 and how he was tormenting snape and, and this is obviously stuff that came way down on, on the... On oh yeah, of the by Phoenix. the way,
0: spoilers. Yes.
1: Yeah, if you have not watched the movies <laughs> or read the books, you probably aren't interested in this podcast anyway, but you definitely should be aware that I'm going to drop some bombs in here that are, you cannot you cannot get your face back once it's blown it off. So yeah. Major spoilers, yeah. so
0: uh, just, just be aware.
1: Yeah, so anyway... So, so he's torturing and, Snape. Yeah, so he's torturing Snape and you see it, you see he's just an arrogant, well, I don't know what they call him, they call him like twit or something like that you know some sort of british word for something else that i'm not going to say so um <laughs> so that you see all that and then you know uh, hagrid and they keep talking about how famous he's going to be and everybody's going to know his name and then dumbledore says some he alludes to the fact that that's basically why we're not going to put him in here and i i have a tendency to agree because had he grown up in the wizarding world Everybody would know who he is. He would have a certain amount of prestige. He would probably have a lot of people who would do things for him, who would offer services to him. It would change everything about who he is. Um, He would be, I just feel like he would become entitled based on how James was. Now, growing up with the Dursleys, he is very, very, like, mistreated. He has very little self-esteem. He doesn't know who he is. But all of these things teach him to rely on himself and teach him to figure out who he is and go on this journey. He He's become introspective, whereas James was totally obsessed with pleasing—well, not pleasing, but totally obsessed with, like, females messing up his hair when people would walk by to get attention. He would throw the snitch up and down just in he order to was get all this. He was very
0: Draco Malfoy-esque.
1: Yeah, Exactly. And so I think that if Harry grew with that type of adoration that would come, rightly so, because they think he, even though it was his mom that really did everything, they think he is the reason why Voldemort was gone. So all of these things would have played into who he is. Core to who Harry is, is because of how he was raised with the Dursleys. And I think that you would have a very
0: different Harry if he was not in that community. I definitely think that you would have a very different Harry. And... um. Well, the bit about uh, James Potter being very Draco-esque mm-hmm. that could take us back into the what's the difference between Gryffindor and Slytherin. Yeah, which that might be an ongoing debate. Yeah, I us. think
1: so. I think so.
0: I don't disagree with anything that you've said in terms of the reasoning for why you think it was the good, deci- good decision to leave him there. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of disagree, though. Like the scene where they're at the zoo. And he's talking to the snake, and it's like, oh, you're from Burma. How is it there? And Mm -hmm. the snake looks over, and it says, bred in captivity. Uh Animals that are bred in captivity, like, don't do well in the wild. And so when Harry compares himself to that snake that has been brought up in captivity, like, that python is going to die. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just what's going to happen. Uh Because it doesn't know how to survive in the wild. Yeah. Harry, which was bred in captivity, Mm -hmm. doesn't understand anything about wizarding, like, Uh, There's even the line later about Hermione knowing more about him than he knows about himself. Mm -hmm. And so all of these other people know more about him because he's sort of this mythical creature Mm -hmm. that people didn't realize still existed. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of why people were giving him so much power. Uh And if he had grown up in the wizarding community from a pretty early age, they would have just been like, oh, no, you're not all that. You're just a kid quit being a brat Mm -hmm. and, like, you know... Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. So I think that if he had been put with a good wizarding family Mm -hmm. growing up, Mm -hmm. then it would have sort of molded the James out of him. Yeah. But at the same time, given him some of those skills so that he was more prepared to understand what it was that he was going into. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We could argue that point, I suppose. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I don't don't disagree with that either. I, I just... I don't know. I, I would be very uneasy with it. And, of course, the reason why he's with the family in the beginning, in the beginning I believe, is there's some sort of hidden magical thing that would not allow Voldemort to walk into the house.
0: Um, and that is the very reason why he was put there. Uh, but and Voldemort I, is, quote-unquote, dead. Yeah, quote-unquote. There is a, a fan theory out there mm-hmm. that the reason that the Dursleys were so terrible to him mm-hmm. was to try to protect him. Mm-hmm. Not because, like, they hated uh, the Potters and, like, oh, little mm-hmm. Miss Perfect Lily, blah, 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 uh-huh. blah, Yeah. But actually, like, no, we can't let him go there because he could be the next Voldemort. Like, mm-hmm. there might be too much of his father in him and not enough of Lily in him. Mm-hmm. He might end up going to that dark side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Taking it a bit Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So that's an interesting fan theory i don't know if i completely agree with it especially with just how rotten they are yeah but yeah yeah. yeah and you get some clarity
1: like as far as why snape is the way he is why dumbledore does what he does in regards to harry you don't get any of that clarity with the dursleys they're just like horrible people who are jealous and, you know, anyway. So, yeah, yeah I don't know if I buy into that either, but yeah, it's an I,
0: interesting theory. I don't think that was intentional, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Yeah. I I still think Harry would have been better off growing up into the Wizarding World. You really think he would have been better off? I think so because look at how things turned out. Not how things turned out at the end, obviously. It turned sure. out okay. Yeah. But all of the things that you just said of, oh, he would grow up like thinking he was also powerful Mm -hmm. and people would just give him everything that he wanted and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's kind of what already happens, but without him having any understanding of anything. Mm -hmm. So the fact that when he uses magic under 18 outside Mm -hmm. of Hogwarts and the minister of magic jumping at a few movies, is just like, Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I, I think that if he had grown up in the wizarding world and had been taught how to use some of this at an early age, Mm -hmm. that it would have been a little bit more tempered.
1: That's true. But also, he values so much the possessions and the friends he has because he doesn't have that from the Dursleys. Would he have been concerned about sticking with, uh, you know, a Weasley who was very low on the totem pole being who he was? Would he have been concerned with Hermione who was trapped in the bathroom with the giant mountain Mm -hmm. troll? Like, or would he have just walked on by because... He is not attached to that. Like, he is who he is because he values what he has, because he understands and appreciates what he didn't have.
0: Yeah, but then look at Ron and Hermione, and they also formed that bond, and Ron came from a very big, loving family. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the Weasleys had adopted him, I think that things would have been okay. Mm-hmm. If, um oh, why am I drawing a? blank on the werewolf's name oh, Lupin uh, yeah for, Remus Lupin yeah yeah like if he had adopted him from like just any of the other people mm-hmm. who once he is a teenager they're like oh here let me take you under my wing and show you this mm-hmm. yeah for like a couple of months until I die or am expelled
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just like I, mm, yeah why didn't some of that happen at an earlier age sure. And I know some of it is storytelling yeah. It would have been a much more boring story to be like, there is a wizard, and he grew up with wizards, and now he's a wizard, and he wizards. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I understand, obviously, there are just storytelling mm-hmm. and plot devices. Because sure. real life doesn't really have a good narrative. <laughs> right. Yes. Because <Yes. laughs> I could tell you my life, and it's not nearly as captivating. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, look at any of the stories that we love. You know, sure. Again, Star Wars. Yeah. It could have been very, very different, and yeah. if so, it would have been very
1: Boring. Yes. Like, I read, well, I listened to audiobook of Dune. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, if you want to hear a boring book that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. So, I'm just thinking about Dune, and a lot of that's, like, political houses. Like, what if they would have taken a Dune-like approach in, uh, in, in, you know, Tatooine, and all of a sudden, they spent, like, three chapters talking about the proper way to farm moisture. What does that look like? How is it stored? Is there a black market? Are people, so, you know, slowly, like,
0: killed to be able to get this? Yeah. And it's just like... So weird. Anyway, yeah. you wouldn't have cared. Yeah. So, so, yes, obviously there are some plot devices, yeah. and I, I am sure that a good 80% of the crap that we're going to talk about <laughs> is, yes, but this mm-hmm. is a plot device and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, but <laughs> still, I mean, yeah. It, it is fun to talk through. Uh, all right, so the other thing that uh, that really caught my eye, and, I mean, we could probably talk for hours, but there were just a few things when we were watching them. Like, ooh, here is a thing. um. The, the wand scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the name of that store? Ollivander's. Yes, Ollivander's uh, wand store. And you're like, ah, man, this scene is so perfect because it just encapsulates the entire series. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Would you like me to Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I guess it, it it really strikes me, subtleties in the phrasing, again, um, if you haven't gone through the books and the movies, this is probably <laughs> going to be something that you're going to want to do uh, before listening to this, but... He says that phrase, it's something like, hmm, I wonder or interesting or something along the lines of that. And basically what he's done is he's pulled out the exact wand. There was a phoenix core in Voldemort's wand and the same phoenix gave two feathers, one in Voldemort's and one in Harry's, the very wand that gave him the scar. And that's so foreshadowing of what happens in the last book because they have a wizard duel and then the wands, one cannot overpower the other because it's basically the same properties. And so the fact that she was putting all of this thought into, maybe she didn't know exactly how she was going to do it, but the fact that she was alluding to something that is definitely going to happen, and that was in the real book, like it wasn't like a second or third edition. Like she had thought this path through. And the subtlety, I guess, of that. And then knowing what she was going to do with the character of Snape because Alan Rickman, who who they were talking to about doing the role, he didn't think that he wanted to do the character of Snape because he felt like it was very one-dimensional. And then she told him... Um, what was going to happen with the character like before she had even written the the rest of the books. I think this was book three or four. And so she told him the character arc that was going to happen with him and how he was going to eventually become what he was. And that is what made Alan Rickman sign on to do it because he actually knew how to play this character. Yeah. So she had these things in mind for books and books ahead of time. And it's the little things, I think. And again, going back to why I'm sad when you get to bigger books that they can't capture the detail. Because I feel like those little subtle details is what makes the series so good and why I like the movies, but I love the books. Right. And that isn't, I'm not a book person. So that's like a big thing for me to say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That scene, uh, it, it's great on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I love about it, which I don't know if I had really thought about before. Like, I might have noticed it, but I didn't really think like, huh. The fact that it's a phoenix feather Mm -hmm. in both Voldemort and Harry's wands. Yeah. Phoenix, which both rise up from the grave. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, both of them end up coming back from the dead... Over yeah. the course of the entire series. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that was necessarily intentional, mm-hmm. but it could have been anything in that quarry. It could yeah. have been a dragon's tooth. It could have been... a dragon heartstrings. Dragon heartstrings, whatever. I'd like yeah. dragon teeth. Or unicorn hair. Or unicorn hair. Like, it could have been yeah. any number of things mm-hmm. in that wand and still have been, this came from yeah. this one mm-hmm. creature and the only two wands made from it. Mm-hmm. but why Phoenix? Yeah. So like there's even that little bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. of both of these characters are going to have a resurgence. Yeah. Um, and there's also when, uh, when all talking about, uh, Voldemort and he said he did, he was a great wizard. Mm-hmm. Or he, I forget the exact phrasing, but he said something about, he did um, great thing or he was a great wizard, did terrible things, mm-hmm. something along those lines. He yeah. uses the word great and terrible. Mm-hmm. A few other times throughout the movie, like there's references to being a great wizard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that was like really playing on mm-hmm. what does it mean to be great? Like sure. does great mean power? Does great mean yeah. good? Does great mm-hmm. mean Yeah. But I just think that it's really interesting that in that one scene, mm-hmm. it's he was a very, very powerful wizard who like had great power. Mm-hmm. He just did terrible yeah. things with it. And then, like, when Harry has the sorting hat, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, absolutely. I can teach yeah, you to yeah. be a great wizard. Yeah. It's like, ooh, wait a second. Like, ten minutes ago, mm-hmm. great was used in a bad term. Yeah. Hmm. And would great mean the same thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So, I uh, yeah, that's very very valid point. I hadn't thought of, like, in that depth. But, yes, it is definitely... Uh, yeah that was that's great observation um i'm
0: speechless (laughs) one of the things that i love doing when i watch movies is just ooh minor details that probably don't mean anything (laughs) but give them more importance than what they probably (laughs) have (laughs) Uh, in this case though i do think
1: that you might have something and i I mean the phoenix does play in a lot because dumbledore has you know fox the phoenix and so there is a common thing and there are three things that the wands cores are made of and it's only those three things now when she was writing the first book does she only have three things in mind when she put that in well i don't know but but yeah so i mean but that that is a very interesting one that that is the thing that does it and that the the phoenix comes back and and i think that it's the phoenix that brings him the sword in the second movie to be able to slay the basilisk so yeah so i mean it's it's that phoenix core the phoenix comes in through nearly every movie in some very key way.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, even when he holds the wand and he has that sort of glow about him, Mm -hmm. you know, he's sort of rising from the ashes and returning to the Wizarding World. So there's a lot of that sort of redemption and coming back to, maybe not redemption for all of them, because Voldemort there's not redemption. Sure. But there is that uh, sort of coming back and and Mm -hmm. returning, which, I don't know, I I enjoy it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting.
1: Yes. Hmm. Indeed.
0: So I have another question. Uh-huh. Why if Dumbledore had, um, at, at one point, he had all three of the Deathly Hallows, mm-hmm. why didn't he just, like, defeat Voldemort for good when he had all of them? If they make you all big and powerful and, oh, you're the greatest wizard ever. Well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, first of all, there's seven.
1: Seven oh, no, Hallows. not seven Deathly
0: Hallows. Sorry. I was thinking Horcruxes. No, no, yes. no. Not the Horcruxes. Because mm-hmm. uh, Dumbledore had the wand, the Elder mm-hmm. wand. Yeah. He had the Cloak of Invisibility. Yes, that's true. And at some point, he had the Resurrection Stone, right? I forget exactly how he gets that back. But even within the first movie, mm-hmm. when Dumbledore gives it, gives the Invisibility Cloak to Harry, it's like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Dumbledore, bro, you've had the Elder Wand and the Invisibility Cloak. Yeah. Why couldn't you just, like, have stopped all this to
1: begin with? Dumbledore, he's a very confusing character for me. Not just in that instance, but in, in the whole movie. He seems like he always knows what's going on, and yet he doesn't really do much to stop certain things. Like, did he not know... That Voldemort had split his soul into seven different objects. Well, actually, accidentally eight if you count Harry. Spoiler, um, <laughs> but um, but you know, did he not know that this was that this was a thing? Because it doesn't seem like he does. And then it's not till the third or well the fourth or fifth movie that they start talking about all of that. And then it's like he's almost surprised by this, but yet it's like he knows everything. So how who is Dumbledore and why is he not intervening? Why is he not being? the
0: omniscient character that he seems to be. So, uh, the short answer is plot device. <laughs> of course. Yes. But, uh, cause yeah, like I've wondered that too, especially like pulling Snape into it. Like Snape is playing the long con of being one of the, uh, not death eaters, but being one of the people with the thing on his arm and, you know, yeah, that is death eater. Oh yes. Yeah. Wow. I keep getting Death Eater and um, the little face suckers. Oh, Dementors. Yes. 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 I know that they're not the same thing. Yes. But whenever I talk about one, I'm like, oh, crap. Did I just call it the wrong thing? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, fine. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Like even Snape, like being a Death Eater and like repledging pledging allegiance mm-hmm. to Voldemort and all this other stuff. Yeah. He is in there for the long con mm-hmm. to protect here. Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff that is like, why did they do it this way? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't it? And I think that a lot of Dumbledore's knowing what's going on, Mm -hmm. I think that some of that is he wants the other characters to be able to go through and develop and to do the things that they have to do to become the wizards that they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So like even with Hermione having uh, that time turner, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, some of it is just so that she can get more knowledge about things and Mm -hmm. be even more Mm Ravenclaw-y, even though she's totally not a Ravenclaw. Yeah, Yeah, but she should be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was also because he couldn't have just saved um, Sirius and the, not the dragon, the Hippogriff. Like, he couldn't have saved those things because then it's too, like, oh, wait, no, you just abused your power. You can't get away with that. Mm -hmm. But being like, all right, I know this thing's going to happen. I know that I can't get away with doing this because it'll be too obvious. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help this character along their path develop into who they need to be Mm -hmm. with me telling them exactly what they need to do. Yeah. So I think some of it might have been that. Yeah. Maybe.
1: I I mean, yeah. And some of the shorter stuff. I think so, too. And then it almost gets into, like, like deity territory, you know? Like, did he... Because he knew... And I don't know how long he knew this, but he knew that in, in The Half-Blood Prince, Snape had to kill him to make it believable. Like, he knew this. Yeah. And he set it up to where that would happen. And so, I mean, there's just, there's just so many things. And then he took the fall for... Harry, when he in in the fifth book, when he was creating a dark arts, like basically the group that because they weren't allowed to actually practice to be able to defend. And he took the fall for Harry there. And that's not such a big deal because it's not his life at stake. But there's so many things that he just does. And it's like, I really like these qualities about him. But then, I mean, at one point, Snape says, you know, you were raising him up like a lamb to the slaughter.
0: And he doesn't deny it. Well, and yeah, like, that's the other thing, is he set Harry up. The entire series Mm -hmm. is grooming Harry to basically be the Christ figure of dying there with Mm -hmm. Voldemort so that then Dumbledore can talk to him in the afterlife train station and be like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, yeah, this was totally going to happen, like, Mm -hmm. ever since you were born. Um, Yeah. Okay, yeah. bye. Yeah. So like he knew that entire time and and I think that he did know even like as soon as Harry um as soon as Harry had that imprint from a baby, mm. like I think that he knew, okay, cool. He's a horcrux. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And like that I think gives reason to why maybe they put him with the Dursleys of mm-hmm. We don't want him to turn into Voldemort, but yeah. if that's the case, why do they even let him back into Hogwarts? But mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we've already, yeah, already gone yes. down that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dumbledore is.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure we'll explore tricky, more of Dumbledore yeah. and talk much more about the things we love and hate about him as the podcast series progresses.
0: Yeah. I, I love him,
1: yeah. I, I love him more in the books than the movies. I I was never happy with how either of the actors played him. I feel like the the second actor who comes in, I think at the third just it's like angry grandpa. and the first actor is like, I'm I have no emotion and I'm just going to speak. And it was just like none of them really captured what Dumbledore was like the friendly grandfather who is the most powerful wizard who only turns that on when he absolutely has to, you know what I mean? Like nobody really captured what Dumbledore was to me.
0: Do you think that the movies captured who he was better than the books though? I, like, the, the movies. Yeah. Do you think.
1: We talked about a random scene that didn't happen in the, the sixth book where Dumbledore is totally doing something that's that's not Dumbledore-y along with the series. So, that instance, no, okay, but... Okay,
0: not those specific... Not, like, yeah. tiny little things, uh-huh. but just in terms of sort of that angry grandpa mm-hmm. slash aloof with... Like, do you think that that is a better representation of who he should have been, though? To be the angry grandpa? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, because the thing that people love about Dumbledore is his friendly and approachable nature and how he answers everybody with a smile and, and being cordial, even when he is totally doing something devious and dubious. So you, I don't get any of the warmth from, from any of those two people that play that. Like I, th- I think of Dumbledore as Santa Claus with a wand. You know what I mean? Like, like he can, sure he can go and do something mean, I suppose. But when you look at him, you just can't help but see like, you know, grandfatherly
0: love. So, without, like, straying too far into personal things that might be <laughs> like, eh, that's not what this podcast is about. Uh-huh. But, like, think about your own grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone loves their grandfathers yeah. because grandfathers are awesome. Sure, sure. But, like, when you were a kid, weren't you just inherently scared of your grandfather? Not in the sense of, like, I don't want to be around him because he's scary. hmm but always like oh he's so sweet and warm and comfortable and don't put your shoes on the couch because that'll upset your grandfather uh-huh. and you don't want to piss off gramps sure sure like doesn't everyone maybe not to that extent maybe yeah. different levels sure but isn't that kind of a universal experience they, well i suppose
1: i suppose in certain instances yes my my grandfather well it was very different with him cuz he would work and then disappear and want to go on we, we were terrible children so he, he would want to go off and have time to himself which I don't blame him um, but yeah I mean maybe and maybe the way I see Dumbledore, maybe I see too much of that grandfather in him, or maybe I feel like he shouldn't have been because that's not who he is. Right. So, and, and that's just how I vision him from descriptions in the book and how he answers. I just, and I probably, probably because you can't have all that character development with Dumbledore, especially it's really all about Harry and the other two, you know what I mean? So you really can't even develop Dumbledore as a character all that much because he really either comes in and gives Harry a nugget of wisdom or he comes in and says some sort of decree, and then it goes out, and then he goes away again. Yeah. So I think that we just miss and, these until conversations much later
0: in the series. Yeah, yeah.
1: But even then, in the movies, it's I feel like it it
0: shortchanges what happens. So I don't know. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I could go on, and on about I, that. Yeah, we really could spend hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, one last observation that I have from the movies, and then we can kind of wrap this one up. Just. to... And because, again, we both at some point need to get sleep. Yeah, sir. Uh, what do you think would have happened if Harry had met anyone other than Ron and Hermione on the train? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think would have happened if Draco would have been the first person he met? Mm-hmm. Not Draco in Hogwarts, like, you know, yeah. trying to have a pissing contest. Be like, mm-hmm. oh, there's all these other people around. Brr, brr. Mm-hmm. Like, if Draco had just been kind of Draco-y. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, oh, you're a wizard. Yeah. I don't know what house you're in yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I should be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Like if what would have happened if Harry had formed any other bond. Yeah. Then, then with Ron and Hermione.
1: I've thought about that too, because um, I could see Malfoy totally saying, you know, like giving him advice on, especially the, the uh, excuse my, my terrible like slur language mudbloods if he <laughs> if he would have started talking about that and then he could have related to harry in his mind could have related to how terrible muggles are seeing the bad side about the humanness mixed with the wizard blood talked about you know the lineage the history given him these magic lessons i do feel like it could have been a very very different type of of interaction and what would have happened if that would have been the first thing i mean Harry was just grateful to be there. And if yeah. Malfoy wouldn't have come off like a tool right away, I mean, he might have just accepted it. You know? Yeah. Like, like, Harry probably would have eventually turned around. Eventually. But maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Unless he wouldn't have pleaded not Slytherin and gotten placed in Slytherin, which I had sound like he wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Like, I I think that one of the main reasons why Harry hates, Drake, uh, Harry hates Draco is because the first time that we see Draco, he's mm-hmm. making fun of Ron. Mm-hmm. And Harry had just spent however long that train ride is, assuming probably at least two or three hours. Sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. So he had spent all that time on that train getting to know this one person. Yeah. And then, like, the third kid that he meets Mm -hmm. is making fun of the one that he had just spent all that time with. Yeah. And again, like, think back to your first days in school. Mm -hmm. One of the first people that you meet usually ends up being your friend for the rest of the year. Sure. Whether or not you want them to be, Mm -hmm. that's who it is. Yeah. And so... If Draco had just been ah, a little less Draco-y, mm-hmm. or like more of the Draco that you see much later on, of yeah. like, does he have a soul? Does he yeah. have any sort of redeeming sure. qualities? Mm-hmm. If he had been a little bit more tempered. Yeah.
1: And if Harry, you know, having no friends, like very low self-esteem, if that would have just been the only interaction they had, I could definitely have seen him just kind of clinging to whatever he knew. So, yeah. yeah. And if that's, if all he knew was Malfoy, well...
0: Especially with Draco being so much like his dad.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. They need an alternate universe, Potter. James is a turd. He
0: is. He really (laughs) is. I
1: I, can't stand him. I
0: still remember the first time that I was watching the movies. Maybe not the first thing, because I think the first time I was just so like, ooh, magic, fun, and I wasn't really paying that much attention. But, like, the first time that I was watching and really getting Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. When you get to that scene where Snape is showing him, like, oh, here's what your dad was really like, and mm-hmm. you're actually seeing those flashbacks, it's just like, why have people been talking yeah. about how great James and Lily were? Like, yeah. maybe they turned around, maybe they turned into better people, yeah. but James is, like, consistently presented yeah. as just a—not consistently, because you don't really see much about him, but yeah. he's shown as such a horrible, horrible person, Yeah, and Lily— who had been forming this relationship with Snape mm-hmm. went with the cool kind of yeah. douchey frat boy instead. Which, and oh.
1: yeah, and you know, Harry actually confronts Sirius about this in the books <clears throat> and Lupin, and he's he's asking them, you know, like, why, how come this is going on? And they just they're they don't have an answer for it. They're just like well, he was, he was 15. Everybody is 15. Everybody who's 15 is an idiot. He's, and then Harry jumps up and says, I'm 15. (laughs) Are you trying to tell me blah, blah, blah. And they, they just keep making excuses. And they're like, and how in the world did my mom end up with him? you are like, well, your mom hated him. It was two years later that all this happened. So, so again, stuff that you wouldn't pick up from the movies. They tell the story in this little snippet of, of how it worked. But it's like, I still, I can't stand the guy. I don't. The in the and the words he said, you know, why why are you doing this to Snape? And he's like, Well, because he exists is basically it. Like yeah. that tells me all I need to know about about James. Like yeah.
0: he's terrible. I hate him. And again, plot devices, I get that. Yeah. And I understand it was to give every character a flaw and no character like I get all mm-hmm. of that. Sure. But man, I just I hated James. Mm-hmm. And Lily was an idiot for being with him (laughs) oh it was two years later i don't care yeah yeah. that doesn't matter yeah you don't say oh you were abusive to this kid in high school Mm -hmm. but we're not in high school anymore okay i'll start dating you instead like i just and yes snape did not respond to it in a mature (laughs) responsible way but (laughs) still yeah ah god like you know like i get it yeah
1: I understand exactly why Snape loathes the Potter name because that's what his experience was. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so Snape to me became a lot more a lot more understandable after I experienced that scene.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, Harry Potter's fun stuff. It is. It is. <laughs> we'll do this again. A lot of great things to talk about. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we only touch on like five or six things. Mm-hmm. We could have gone into a ton more. Oh, yeah. Um, about like why is um why is Hogwarts, which is the safest place, even safer than Gringotts. <laughs> Why is it so easy for kids to get through all of those traps? Why are kids who are not supposed to be in the forbidden forest allowed to go into the forbidden forest as punishment? Like there are a ton of things that we could talk about. Mhm. Um, maybe yeah. we will eventually and I'm sure as we go through other yeah. movies we'll I'm come sure back to that. I'm
1: sure this will all be told over the span of the Are we doing 8 of these or are we doing 7? Cuz like the there's 7 books and 8
0: movies. If we do a double feature mm-hmm. for the uh, two Deathly Hallows, mm. then we'll combine it into one podcast. Gotcha. But more than likely, it'll be eight. Okay. It'll probably be one for each movie. Okay. Um. But but yeah, I don't know when the next one will be. Yeah. Could be two weeks. Could be a month. Could yep. be a month and a half. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this was fun.
1: Yeah, I did too. I did too. And uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying listening to two people ramble, on, ramble <laughs> on about things that may or may not have relevance to you.
0: But I know you've thought them. I know it. If you're anything like us, yes. you're probably like, hmm, quite possibly. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's like an entire other thing that I wanted to talk about, which we're not going to spend time talking about tonight. Okay. But uh, like all of the other just movie aspects like the fact that it was directed by chris columbus and Mm -hmm. music by john williams and like all of those other little bits yeah which don't directly relate to harry potter Mm -hmm. but more of again that movie piece yes maybe we'll we'll talk more about them on a different one because was chris columbus did he only direct the first one he did a few no he did the second one too i believe
1: maybe the third one as well i don't remember when the when that shifted but yeah, watch Home Alone and then watch Harry Potter, and you'll hear some musical <laughs> themes
0: that sound very similar. So and uh, watch Gremlins, yeah, <laughs> and then watch Harry Potter, and those uh, vines are obviously made of gremlin guts because hmm. they hate sunlight. Oh, of course. Of yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good. It's all kinds of similar. Mm. Yes. Things. Yeah. All right. I, I don't really know what else to say other than just rambling about movie crap and Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> in, in, any final words about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone?
1: No, I do wonder why it's Sorcerer's Stone and not the Philosopher's Stone like it was written, but that's a whole nother topic. Cause
0: Americans, when they see philosopher, they don't think like alchemy and wizardness. True. But then why was that the
1: movie that was made? Why do Americans get to trump what's already created originally in Britain?
0: Because, um,
1: Hollywood. Cause, yeah, because America has more movie money. And probably, more movie
0: influence. Even though, even though they're very British movies.
1: Yes. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so they're uh, they very British. So, anyway. Sorry, random. <laughs> okay, them. I'm done. I'll leave that one alone.
0: Uh, yes, my, my final word. Watch them. Watch all of them. The...
1: And then uh. read the books. Like, really, read the books. Because you get a read lot. Read the books,
0: then watch the movie, or watch the movies, then read the books. Okay,
1: for me, watch the movies, then read the books. One, because I don't visualize very well, and and it helped to have some sort of thing, which some people who, who are the opposite say no. But two, you will not like the movies as much if you've read the books. Because there's so much detail that you're going to miss that you're going to like. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: So yeah, watch so the you, movies. If you watch the movies, then reading the books, you're like, oh, more information. Yeah. If you read the books and then watch the movies, you're like, "Hey, where'd that go?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. it makes sense. Yeah, um, I say definitely watch all of them. Goblet of Fire is not my favorite. Mm. There are some really fun scenes, but it is <sighs> there are really fun scenes and very important things that happen, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But the entire movie just feels out of place somehow. Mm. Interesting. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it has, um, what's his name, from Twilight.
1: Oh, yeah. Edward Cullen. Yes. Yeah.
0: Maybe if it yeah. just had <laughs> any other actor, I wouldn't have thought that. That is like
1: just... the middle school age movie, too. Maybe that's just the awkward middle school years. Because, you know, seven years, that's their fourth year.
0: Yeah, but, like, just the whole, like, Yule Ball, which I love the fact mm-hmm. that Conjuration has a Yule Ball every year. I love that. Sure. But It. why was it never addressed in any of the other movies or any of the other books, the whole... Well, because
1: it traditionally follows the Triwizard Tournament, which again, the book is like 800 pages, so it doesn't feel out of place when you've read the book, because all of these make logical sense, but a movie, yes. You can't take an 800-page book and make a a two-and-a-half-hour movie and make it all make sense, I
0: don't think. it, it, it just feels out of place. But anyways, watch all of them. They're a lot of fun. I love them. They're again, a Christmas tradition. I'm going to watch all eight of them over the course of the next month and then watch them again over the course of the next eight months. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it then. Um, follow me on Facebook at The Gargoyle and on Instagram at The Gargoyle and on Twitter at Gargoyle Reviews. Adam, do you want people to follow you on social media? You can't really follow me anywhere
1: because I don't do anything. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm like I'm like Peeves the ghost, where I make a great appearance in the books but not in the movies. So. Oh
0: yeah, he doesn't even show up. No, and Peeves he was such an exist. important character. Oh in yeah. The book.
1: yeah, he does a lot of things in the. Anyway, sorry. No, so so think of me as Peeves. I'll just pop <laughs> up when you don't really expect me, and then you can't find
0: me if you're actually looking for me. <laughs> Adam, the nearly podcasting. Guest. yes <laughs> nearly <laughs> nearly <laughs> all right well uh in, until next time that's been it for this episode of the gargoyle regarding nah. that i'm sleepy that's been it for this episode of the gargoyle podcast as always you can find me where geekery and harry potter about